What is happening, everyone? Welcome again to the Window Canada Sports Betting Podcast. The March Madness preview presented by CoolBet continues. Ahead on today's episode of The Window, Twas the Night Before Madness, the recreational side of the tournament with Sportsnet's Arash Madani. How does he enjoy the tournament while balancing covering the Blue Jays' spring training? Andy Mulder drops by to talk about how March Madness means an increase in fun with his wagering compared to the regular season. Then it's Rapid Fire Brackets with three friends of the podcast as we get ready for the first four and the real fun on Friday. It's time to head to the window. Let's go. Welcome to the window. I'm your host, Matt Russell. He's a talented essayist and the man on the field for Sportsnet's coverage of the Toronto Blue Jays. Our first guest, when not following the biggest stories in Canadian sports, if you ask me, he's also one of the best anchors when he gets behind the desk at Sportsnet Central. But maybe his greatest move for our purposes here at the window is in his Twitter bio, where it says, losing parlays and props since 1998. Arash Madani, welcome to the window, man. That might be the most accurate part of my life is losing parlays <laughs> and props since 19 and futures and, sure. and, and money lines and all of it, my man. <laughs> all of the above, all of the above. We're happy to have you, man. Um, yeah, good to be with sort you. Of, yeah, this is sort of doubly, usually is a doubly great time for you in your role for Sports Night with the Blue Jays. You're often embedded in Dunedin during March Madness. Uh, obviously not the case this year for obvious reasons um when you are down there uh, at this time of year is there a lot of clubhouse talk about the tournament or you know between other media and just the baseball people that are around are they you know talking brackets and betting games what's the vibe like for a completely different sport non-stop non-stop oh, okay. I mean, you will not go into a major league clubhouse where there is not an ncaa bracket pool going on um and their stakes are a little higher than than what you and I get into. I mean, just like the standard buy-in is 500 bucks uh, yeah. when you go into a major league baseball clubhouse. But I, I remember Charlie Montoyo's first um, first season as Jay's manager, uh, either the first Thursday or the first Friday. Sure. Um, I think I had A&M going places. No, I had New Mexico or New Mexico State going places, and they are playing at A&M, I want to say. And it was okay. a tight game down the stretch. So – you know, eighth inning, we come downstairs to the clubhouse and, the, you know, the game is going on, but it's a bunch of minor leaguers who are never going to see the light of the day in the majors. Everyone usually just waits in the hallway outside the manager's office, but there's no Wi-Fi in there. So I just pop my head into and I, And, like, at this point, I've known Charlie for, like, two weeks. I popped him <laughs> right. into, his, into the visiting manager's uh, office. I see the TV. I see a remote. I turn it on, and we all went inside to watch the end of the game. And obviously, you know, I was on the wrong side of the bet. Um, anyway, Charlie walks in, and there's like ten people going nuts at the end of the game. And what does he do? He doesn't say a word. He opens up his bag. He checks his bracket, and he's like, "I won." <laughs> so it was good. It was good. That's awesome. That's cool. Um, so, I mean, listen, last year comes along and everybody's bumped out. Do you, you know, sort of remember when it all kind of hit? Because obviously for baseball, a little bit different because it's like, oh, it's outdoors. Like we might be able to keep this thing going a little bit. Right. I mean, even golf was, you know, they played the first round of the players at the same time where, 
you know, everything was kind of getting wiped out from the indoor sports. So, you know, maybe not under the context of the tournament, but maybe more for your personal, you know, situation with regards to the Blue Jays. You know, what was that like to have everything kind of stop for you? Well, I was back. So I had done, the way it works is Hazel, uh, Hazel May and I split the Jays beat, as you know. So she right. did like the first 10 days of camp. Then I did the next 10, 20, 10 12 days of camp. Um, and she had a shift. And then usually I come in to finish it off because she does the Montreal side. Um, hmm. Remember when we played spring training games in Montreal? That feels like a lifetime ago. <laughs> Anyhow, I could come back yeah. home. And um, the night of the Rudy Gobert thing, I was actually out with a few buddies having a couple of soda pops when kind of the phone buzz was like, Tom Hanks has COVID. And then, oh my God, Rudy Gobert has COVID. And that's when the kind of the rumors kind of started in the bar. Yeah. And then they like one after another, they started shutting down conference tournaments. And I'm like, yeah. oh my God, this is the beginning of the end. And the next day, the Jays actually still played a game. Baseball didn't cancel it for another day afterwards. So all right. those players went to play. And I want to say they went to Bradenton or something. I think they played Pittsburgh. Um, okay. And they're checking their phones, and they're like, wait a minute, the NBA is shutting down, and we're still playing, and then they obviously shut down baseball then. But it was just – it felt like – and maybe this is just our sports bubble. It felt like mm -hmm. this wasn't our problem or wasn't our issue until sports shut down, and we're like, oh, my God, this is real. We're going to get to the <laughs> right. point, you know? Yeah, the unthinkable happens, right? Like I sort of joke about how, you know, I – turn on the microphone for the first time, start a sports betting podcast in February. And, you know, part of sports betting is luck, right? Like anybody who doesn't think that that's an element to it um, is foolish. Uh, and there's no more ridiculous piece of luck than a month later, all sports going away. Like that was never in the cards, sure. never sort of on the menu for something that could happen. And so that goes down and, you know, we sort of fill in the gaps, right? That, you know, the, Baseball season sort of happens, right? We get a champion. We get the closure there. Same thing with the NHL. Super weird, but, you know, we get a, some closure there. Same thing NBA. But with college basketball, it's like, okay, you know, this whole season that we'd had up until that point, like we were two weeks away from the season being over, basically. And it just goes away. And it's like, yeah, uh, no closure, nothing. Like all these kids that, you know, if you're a big college basketball fan like I am, and you've been watching this whole way and you've been invested in some of the fun stories, right? Uh, San Diego State, for example, was a mm. team that, you know, top, top seed potentially. Like, how are they going to do? And, and the stories go on. And it's just like, okay, these kids graduate or they go on to the NBA. And that's that. And so we built up this, uh, you know, 730 days instead of 365 days since we've had the tournament. So for you... So let me, let me you know, help you there, Matt. You know what ended up happening yeah, last year? is when everything yeah. shut down, I don't know if you remember, but CBS started re-airing some classic tournament games. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so the, the famous Duke-Kentucky game. and Anyway, on one weekend, or one Sunday, Sunday, March 29th, I brought this up. The same group of like eight degenerates that um, <laughs> I call, I guess, friends, um, yeah. we actually did a squares pool off props from... 1997 or 1996 Arizona Kentucky National Championship game, the Miles Diamond game. Uh, yeah, you know, I remember watching that game like last year. Like, so, like I remember watching the replay of that game last year, being like, "This will have to do." So we this did a squares pool, and obviously everybody knows the scores. So it's no point in you know 
we're not doing heads or tails. So here among the props we had, there are one, two, three, four, five props. Um, I think it was a twenty or forty dollar buy-in. I can't remember, but forty bucks for the score when they show Lou Dolson's wife for the first time. If they don't show her the score when Miles Simon scores his twentieth point of the game, forty dollars for the score after the last offensive rebound of the first half. Not dead ball. Actual player grabs one. You'll be rooting against any offensive boards for the last three minutes. Forty bucks for the score after the bucket on an and one after the under eight of the first half. After the basket, the free throw doesn't count; just has to be a scored bucket, a two or a three. Forty bucks for the score after the first free throw after the under four timeout of the second half. On and on we went. Like that's how we we kept the ice gripped, you know, pumped in the veins. Yeah. Without yeah, being coping on the tournament during what is usually a big time investment opportunity window for us. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm. Uh, can I tell you? I'm really disappointed. I didn't think of this. To be completely honest go. with you, we were doing. We were filling out virtual brackets. I had mm. a guy, you know, in, in the sort of sports betting community, right? There's a lot of guys who are, you know, pretty deep into the numbers uh, elements, and so they run simulations. And so I had a guy you know, in the community sort of said, hey, man, do you mind running this simulation? And then just sort of send it to me in sort of a sealed envelope type style, right? Where it's just like, it's in an attachment. And then we'll literally go sort of round by round on the podcast for, I think it was like a week, basically. And, you know, buddies and stuff would, you know, fill out our bracket and we'd sort of just react on the podcast to a made up game that happened. You know, it's like, oh, Kansas did win. Mm. Fair enough. They were good. And uh, yeah, that's just, that's just what we had to deal with. So, you know, where I was sort of going was like, how pumped are you now? Like, are you like at a 10 or, you know, are you sort of a little bit concerned? I mean, we had a guy, you know, on you know, Wednesday popped for a positive test from Oklahoma. And so there's that sort of sketchiness that's kind of, you know, anything could happen around the corner type of thing. So where are you on sort of a scale of one to 10 here? Um, on just excitement to have the tournament back. Yeah, I'm excited, but I'll be honest. Uh, it's probably right now, mm-hmm. um, probably uh, five. Oh, Whereas okay. two years ago on the Wednesday before the Thursday, it'd probably be about a 9.5. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, that's fair. I watch a lot of college hoops, usually. Mm-hmm. I okay. could not get into it this year. Yeah, um, I still watch probably I don't know a dozen games or so, but what I realized is how much the crowd matters, how mm-hmm. much the scene in those gyms just gets your juices pumping and gets you pumped for it. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, I'm I'm lucky enough. I'm privileged enough to work with Dan Schulman um, on yeah. baseball. And every, like, Wednesday or Thursday, I text Shulman. I'm like, okay, what are you on this week? What are we watching <laughs> this week? Um, because right. him and Billis is must-watch TV all the time. Uh, Absolutely. So I'm not as prepared. Like, I know Gonzaga. I've, I've seen my Gonzaga. I've seen my Baylor. I think Okie State's got a lot of value. I think, you know, to me, my philosophy has always been on the tournament bet the conferences you think are best this year mm-hmm. and based on what I've watched this year. And again, it hasn't been a ton. It's big 12 and I guess big 10, but Michigan's lost one of the best players to injury. Um, 
and Gonzaga. Like that's that's the way I'm kind of sure. approaching the tournament this year. And my dark horse team is Saint mm-hmm. Bonaventure, but I, I just I say that okay. I'm not saying Bonnie's going to the Final Four, but I'm not sure if they're going to beat LSU in the first round. <laughs> you have Saint Bonaventure going to the Final Four. Ooh. That's the kind of stuff that we're looking for uh, in that case. Yeah, I mean, they're literally underdogs, you know, point and a half to LSU in the first round. And I was saying to uh, a guest that I had on yesterday, Drew Dinsick, he, you know, he's talking about Connecticut. And it's like, yeah, you fill out that bracket, and you go, you know what? Like, I'm sort of the lone horse here. And he was talking about, you know, UConn. But it's like, yeah, that's all, that's great. And, you know, you, you sort of work on the bracket, and then you, look at it and the game start and you go, okay, I have a lot riding on a team. That's a two and a half point favorite in the first game. Right. (laughs) Right? Like it all sounds like a really good idea until you're like, geez, they're, they're underdogs in the first game here. What was I thinking? Like we just get sort of all tied up into that. And so, you know, um, who ruined my life, Matt, uh, when it comes to the tournament is my guy, Kemba Walker ruined my life. Sure. Because, I had, like, I've been to college basketball. Like, it was, for me, last Saturday was so cool. So good. Seeing Georgetown win it. Because mm-hmm. the first college basketball player I ever remember, when I was, like, a really young kid, was 33 Georgetown with a gray T-shirt underneath it. Like, I barely yep. remember that, but I remember it. Yep. And I barely yeah. remember him being drafted, but I remember it. And then, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, the great Knicks career he had. But it was so cool to me seeing Patrick Ewing get Georgetown back to win a Big East title at the goal. Yeah. And my, like, so I grew up with Big East basketball. Georgetown, Syracuse, um, you know, that was big time stuff. Georgetown, St. John's. And I'd always wanted to go to a Big East tournament. And then the Big East is obviously no longer the Big East anymore. So the last year of the of the OG Big East tournament, I'm like, that's it. I'm using my points. I'm going down to New York. Awesome. Go to New York. Um, semifinal Friday, final on Saturday. Well, <laughs> University of Connecticut with Kemba Walker and Jeremy Lamb have to win the tournament to get into the big dance. And don't those suckers yeah. go – Win five games, including the semi that I was at on Friday, and win the final that I was at on Saturday, and Kemba put on a show. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. I even cut down the nets. I come back home, and I t- and Connecticut was an eight seed that year. I took UConn on every single bracket, all my brackets, to win it all. And so okay. they do it, and I win all my brackets. Yeah. I win every pool I'm in. I blame Kemba because now, ever since, I'm trying to be the smartest guy in the world. I'm trying to find eight-seed Kemba Walker in Connecticut right. every year, and it blows up in my face in the first round. Yeah, I know. And, you know, as we've sort of gone on throughout the week and sort of gone going down, everybody's got their own sort of memory lane, and it's not necessarily all, you know, the shots that you see – you know, listen, I was saying yesterday that I spent an hour and a half on YouTube last week, just, you know, March Madness highlights from, you know, years gone by. And of course, all the same stuff is in all of the same mixes, right? But we as betters and people who are, you know, participate in bracket contests and survivor contests and that sort of thing, we have our own 
like main memories of the good and the bad. And so that's a really, really good one, but I can see how you'd be tortured by that. Cause I was saying yesterday that, uh, you know, I haven't won a bracket contest since Carmelo Anthony, sure. you know, dragged Syracuse to the national by the way, championship. And that ruined me. Side that night when Connecticut beat Syracuse in the Big East final. He was still, Oh, wow. So there you go. Now was that, was that, uh, memorialized in the 30 for 30? Was that the, because you know, they kind of go through those last games of the Big East tournament yeah, in question. the Requiem sure. for the Big East. I'm not sure. Yeah, that that's a fantastic thirty for thirty uh, for those of us uh, like you and I who are college college basketball junkies. Yeah, no question. Um, so you know that's obviously a big time memory. Um, you know, and you participate. I think it's fair to fair to sort of um, out you on this, but like you participate uh, in my survivor pool. Um, let's sort of talk about your experience in that because you know it's all done via email and sort of at a distance, especially, especially this year. Um, So, you know, and and you're always on the road. And so, you know, when I was at Sportsnet, you know, people would come by and we would do, you know, a half hour in edit suite three talking about the survivor pool and what's happening and all of that sort of thing. But so I've never really had a chance to kind of talk to you about it. Um, Obviously a different vibe than the bracket contests that we're all sort of familiar with. Um, you know, what's your take on it? Like, you've been having fun with it. We're you know, six years into this thing. You keep coming back. So I imagine you you enjoy it a little bit. Yeah, I, like, I love the pool and I hate it. Like, it is, it drives me crazy. <laughs> I, I still have not figured out the right way to approach it. It's, yeah. I, I prefer the survivor pool in general to anything else. Like, I love the NFL survivor pool more than any. I don't do fantasy. I don't do single Game fantasy, I don't do, you know, head-to-head fantasy. Um, I love the bracket, but usually, like I said, my bracket is pretty much toast after the first weekend. Um, And then there's such a strategy to the survivor on the NCAA tournament, um, and all it takes is one hiccup, and you're starting from scratch. So um, I love it. I'm in it again this year. I figure I'll be rebuying. A couple of times, but uh, but well worth it. Yeah, and, and it's the type of thing that, you know, yeah, everybody's bracket's done the first weekend, right? But because of the rebuys and that sort of thing, you just have to survive Sunday mm-hmm. to have the rest of the week to go through that torture of trying to pick, you know, your two teams on Thursday. And that's that's the whole battle. I mean, if your bracket is still around after the first week, it's kind of a minor miracle at that point. But with the survivor pool, it sort of gives you that second chance that once the bracket's broken, you can uh, you can move on uh, with your with your interests, if you will. Um, so you, you mentioned St. Bonaventure in the final four. Um, you know, are, are you that rogue in your other four, uh, three regions for your final four? No, I have um, I have Gonzaga winning it all. Um, sure. Just not buying Michigan this year. So whatever, basically whatever mm-hmm. I say, um, just go the opposite. Mm-hmm. That's naturally how this sure. thing goes. Um, Gonzaga, St. Bonnie's, Baylor, Oklahoma State. I thought Oklahoma State was playing great basketball okay. down the stretch. Lost a real tough Absolutely. Big 12 championship uh, game to Texas. Texas has looked really, really strong. Um yeah, loved how Houston really turned it around. They had the big transfer go over. I think the Florida State found a way to continue doing it. Um, but I, I have them getting tripped up by uh, by West Virginia. Sorry, by Oklahoma okay. State rather. Um, 
Oh, okay, in the regional final. Yeah, right. and then I have Texas getting to the regional final and losing to St. Bonnie. So I'm, I'm, heavy on the, I'm heavy on the Big 12. I have, you know, and Baylor's in my final four. So I have, you know, two of my four are Big 12. I have Gonzaga because I think they're the best team in the country. And sure. I don't know what to make at Georgia Tech. I don't know if they're any good. It's just, you know, COVID ACC <laughs> tournament. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they they won the ACC tournament by beating Miami, right. and then one other game, and it was like, what? Why did they start this tournament on Tuesday if it only takes two wins to win the ACC tournament? What's so, the last? Time? Yeah, I, I mean, that's the thing. Two thousand eight was the last time that four number ones were in the Final Four. So I'm just looking at the best value upsets. The guy of Georgetown beating mm-hmm. Colorado, but I think Colorado's the better team. I'm just riding the hot hand there. Right. Um, so basically my East region is where my bracket is going to just get destroyed because if if LSU beats St. Bonnie's or if Michigan beats St. Bonnie's, I'm toast. So I'm just go, I'm just sure. using that. I'm, I'm making my big risk play there. And part of me wants to think that BYU can beat Texas only because if BYU gets into the second weekend of the tournament, the NCAA has to reschedule their entire deal because BYU can't play on the Sunday. Um, so they're gonna, uh, right. So it's you know, oh, it's it's all a mess, but I love it. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the thing, man. You got to take your chances. Um, where, you know, you think that, I mean, listen, you, you'll, you'll make up a ton of ground if, and listen, St. Bonnie's doesn't even necessarily need to make the final four for you to make up a ton of ground Is there, St. right? Bonnie's just, just get him, beat Michigan. I'm yeah. gold. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, when you're sort of working on that bracket and then you're sort of thinking about sort of survivor in the back of your mind, do sort of, they sort of, you know, do they ever meet at some no. point? Like, is it ever like, well, I'm thinking here, or is it sort of okay. do the bracket and then go, okay, this is what I've got for the bracket. How am I going to sort of make this, you know, maneuver this with Survivor to go along with what I think is going no, to happen? No, all I do is I think about who do I think is going to end up in an Elite Eight situation, and I just don't beat them. Right. That's okay. it. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's right. I can't remember uh, actually so who I took in your survivor. Oh. Maybe you have it in front of you, but I want to say maybe even Purdue because I actually root for Purdue, but okay. they can't get out of their own way. Like you Virginia won, won it all. Purdue had it. Okay. By the balls. You know. Right. Oh yeah. Blew oh, it. Yeah. That was yeah. over. Yeah. When that ball gets tipped out on the offensive rebound, you know, and they're headed the wrong mm-hmm. way. Right. Like that's the game is over. And then all of a sudden, like an incredible pass by Kia Clark uh, and and Diakite makes makes a shot that, you know, not a lot of guys will make in that, you know, especially a mid range shot under pressure. One of the more difficult shots to make, uh, you know, especially in that much pressure, given their uh, previous season. But, um, you know, so, you know, socially, obviously, we've talked about how, you, you know, you're in Dunedin a lot of times for the tournament. Do you have you know, a tradition that you do year in and year out. Like I'm a big, like nobody talk to me, leave me alone on Thursday guy. And then Friday I'm out socially. Everybody let's go to the bar type thing. Right. And I sort of go one way and then the other, and then kind of 
fill in the blanks after that. Um, is there anything that you're able to do, given that you're, you know, obviously you have some scheduling constraints there with baseball happening basically every day. Um, you know, is there something that you allow for yourself to do that's maybe, you know, something that you make sure you do every um, year? Usually every year, Final Four would be at my place with the usual crew of suspects, the same crew of suspects. Okay. Um, opening, like if, if that Thursday or Friday I'm not in Dunedin, if I'm off, that same crew of suspects that comes to my place, I'm usually one of theirs mm-hmm. uh, for Thursday or Friday. Right. My rule on social media is that Twitter goes away after two drinks. So noon <laughs> Thursday, if I'm not working, right. noon Thursday until like Saturday when I come up for, for air at 11 a.m., Twitter goes away. Um, so, <laughs> but usually it's, Beg, borrow, and steal at the ballparks in, in Florida during the day. And then wherever we go for dinner at night, um, it is centered around what has the best TV situation. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that goes without saying. All right, I'll get you out of here on this. Uh, you know, listen, you're deep into it with the Blue Jays. This is a betting, you know, sports betting podcast. So we'll have a little fun mm-hmm. here to finish off. A um, couple of prop bets for the Jays or sort of futures bets um, for the team in general, right? A lot of hype this year. I mean, that lineup looks loaded. Pitching, a little bit of a question mark. Maybe you sort of have um, a quote-unquote insider take on maybe you think, you know, the pitching's going to be a little bit better than we think. Maybe the hitting, not so much, something along those lines. But we've got, you know, we don't have win totals anymore. It's now win percentage because, you know, obviously we're not sure how many games are going to play. I'm still, I'm pretty sure the Cardinals are still trying to finish their season nice. from yeah. last year. Um, uh, so the win percentage for the Blue Jays is 53.5%. Now, I mean, who knows what that ends up translating to from a you know, wins and losses standpoint. But, you know, it, fundamentally, it's do you think they're going to be better than the market thinks? Or do you think they're going to be worse than the market thinks? And so I put it to you. Better or worse than the market I thinks? I say better because mm-hmm. beyond the Yankees, and I guess the White Sox, and maybe you can throw in the Twins, and it's not like Toronto's going to run into... Minnesota or Chicago all that often. Who's really good in the American League? Right. You know, yeah. I mean, as Rick yeah. Pitino would say, and for the Rays, Charlie Morton's not walking through that door. Blake Snell's not walking through that door. Uh, the Red Sox are still right. – um, the Red Sox aren't the Red Sox. The Orioles are still definitely the Orioles. But, like, I look at the arms race in the National League. Atlanta's right there. San Diego mm-hmm. got a hell of a lot better. The Dodgers are the reigning champions. St. Louis is going to be strong. Uh, look around the National League. It's scary. Yeah. The American League, yeah. I can't say the same. So um, yeah. the best team in the AL last year got worse. I'm not sure if the Yankees got better. Uh, so right. just based on that and the kind of the state of affairs in the game right now, if that number was 57%, hmm, that might be tough. Right. 53, I think there's right. I think that's the I think the play is over. Yeah. Okay. So if this was sort of like uh prices right, right? And you have the you know, the mountain climber with the yodeling and he's going up and up and up the mountain, right? So the next step beyond over their win total, so to speak, 
is win the division and they're plus 333 uh, you know thereabouts to win the division and then subsequently plus 750 to win the AL which is quite a departure from last season when you know you were able to get the Blue Jays at 50 to 1 to win the AL and you know they found themselves in the playoffs and you know obviously weren't necessarily ready for prime time and obviously Tampa Bay you know a considerable challenge in that first round but you know it was a you know three game series anything could happen type of a situation so tons of value on them last year as a team that made the playoffs at 50 to 1 now not so much so you know if you're that sort of yodeling guy going up the mountain how far up the mountain do you go with the blue jays i don't touch Can you go to ale's winner i don't take those plays now no i mean to me like okay do i think the blue jays are winning the american league not with the roster they have now right do i think the blue jays are going to add at the deadline maybe uh mm-hmm also, like, what, what's the motivation to win this year when you don't have – when you're not going to be playing in Toronto and you don't have fans in the seats? So if you're going to make a Jays bet, to me, it's make the season bet. That way you have 162 reasons to watch. Uh, <laughs> right. so I just, uh, yeah. Like, I get plus 33 – plus 333 is good, and I get plus 700 is fine, but it's just not worth it to me. Um, I think – yeah, it was surprising to me that yeah. it was that low. Um, but again, I think that also speaks to the state of the AL more than anything else. Uh, yeah, honestly, because you're just in, in they're like the fourth, you know, fourth choice in the AL, and you're like, oh, man, that seems high. And then you kind of look around and go like, yeah, actually, that kind of seems right, given some of these other teams. Um, so final fun one here. If you had $10 yeah. lying around, right, and you're like, you know, listen, I haven't worn pants mm-hmm. in a year, right? So say I wear pants at some point. And I, oh, there's a $10 bill in here. This is fantastic. And for some reason, you had to put it on a Blue Jays player prop this season. So bear with me. You have a choice of Cy Young, <laughs> Nate Pearson at 60 to 1, or any of the boys here for MVP or home run leader. So Vladimir Guerrero, 25 to one for MVP, George Springer, 33 to one for MVP, Bo Bichette, 40 to one for MVP, Teoscar Hernandez, 80 to one for MVP. And those numbers pretty much the same for home run, Vladdy, 33 to one, Springer, 33 to one, but Hernandez, 40 to one to have the most home runs. What are you throwing your 10 fun dollars at there? Who's going who's gonna to do it? This I would do the uh, five fun dollars on Springer to win MVP and five fun dollars okay. on Teoscar to lead in home runs. I like that. That's exactly what I would have said. And I like that you yeah, split sure. the $10, too, right? Because, I mean, why go, you know, why go all, all in? It's free money, right? You know? let's, uh, let's mix it up a little bit. <laughs> absolutely this is my pants i haven't worn pants in in uh, in months uh all right man uh that's it for me plug your latest piece for sportsnet i know you sort of had a basketball not necessarily ncaa basketball but certainly canadian basketball themed uh thing up yeah nate darling who played at uab university of alabama birmingham and then delaware um finished last year was undrafted by charlotte um hornet signed him to a two-way deal in november made his debut on Saturday. You're saying, who's Nate Darling? Why are we talking about this? Nate Darling is from suburban Halifax, became the first Nova Scotian to play in the NBA on Saturday against the team he grew up watching, the Raptors. Uh, I'm I'm from Nova Scotia. Nova Scotia's got a huge 
hoops history. Uh, everybody thinks Nova Scotia. They think Sidney mm-hmm. Crosby and maybe Nate McKinnon. I'm telling you, basketball matters back home, and it's a huge story back home. So on my Twitter page and on Sportsnet, um, Nate Darling and what it kind of means to Nova Scotia and what's what's been going on there. Yeah, very cool. Because, I mean, listen, the tournament is in, in, in Indiana, right? You know, in its entirety this year, Indiana, obviously sort of known as a, as a basketball mecca for the Midwest and if not the entire United States. But, you know, some people, especially Canadians, may not remember that Halifax hosted the national championship for university basketball here in Canada for, what, 10 plus years years in a row? Something along those lines? Longer than that? Yeah. just Before before Garter won the dunk contest, Uh, Halifax was Canada's national basketball capital. That's what we kept talking about anyway. Absolutely. You can follow Arash at Arash Madani on Twitter and catch him on Blue Jays broadcast and doing a really good job. His essays and reports are just standard, you know, awesome stuff across the board on Sportsnet Central. Arash Madani, thanks. So good to visit with you, man. Quick break to tell you about some big news for the podcast. Coolbet.com is the presenting sponsor for the Windows March Madness coverage. What does that mean for you? Free money. If you're looking to try single game sports betting for the first time, or you're looking to add to your sportsbook repertoire, Coolbet.com is offering to double your deposit up to $200. There's a link in the description of this podcast, or you can find it on my Twitter feed at MRussAuthentic. Otherwise, simply go to Coolbet.com, create your account and enter the promo code window to double your deposit now back to the betting my next guest is the co-host of deep dive media i guess you'd call it the podcast the youtube channel ever expanding and he's the content mastermind at betsperts.com and the betsperts app where you can find his work and my work including this podcast he's at andy msfw on twitter andy molitor welcome back to the window my friend hey glad to have you know glad to be back thanks for having me and excited to uh like we said off air it is christmas eve we are a day away one sleep away yeah, I like my family, or in this case, sort of in-law family, does the open the pre- you know open some presents on Christmas Eve. I was never allowed to do that as a kid, so as an adult, I actually kind of you know enjoy Christmas a lot more now because it starts a little bit earlier. Uh, you know, when it comes to these playing games, obviously from a calendar perspective, it's starting a little bit later on the calendar. But we got four games tonight, so it does feel a little madnessy tonight, doesn't it? Yeah, and uh, I I don't I haven't even checked into the smaller ones. I don't I don't know if they're doing anything below this, but even some NIT action today. So six basketball games. It felt really odd not having a couple for a few days there after you know just months and months on end of having multiple games every single day. So uh, it's good to have it back. And yeah, we're about to hit the jackpot with it tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, looking back to last year and you know the plug getting pulled. Um, you know, first of all, kind of, you know, do you remember sort of anything significant in your life, you know, where you were or sort of what derailed, you know, what got derailed from your perspective? Did you have like a, you know, trip to Vegas planned or something along those lines when it all kind of stopped last year? Oh yeah. No, I had hotels booked. I had the flight booked. I was heading to Vegas and, uh, my buddy's girlfriend was 
kind of ragging on him a little as this whole thing cropped up. And, you know, she didn't want him to go because she was more worried about it than most people were at that time. She's just a little sure. bit of a warrior. And I was, you know, I was trying to be nice about it, but I was behind the scenes can kind of be pissy. I'm like, man, if his girlfriend doesn't let him go, it's going to be <laughs> super lame. And I remember having those thoughts. And then like three days later, it was like everything was canceled. You know, maybe yeah. two days later, just this weird, the escalation was so quick. We went from, yeah. I'm mad that my buddy's girlfriend isn't maybe going to let him go to, man, I might not go to the next day. I'm not going to the next day. You know, everything got canceled. It was, it was really, it felt like it was really fast. And I yeah. still have some of those Delta credits. I got to use them up here soon, but you know, it sucked. Um, uh, conference tournaments. I'd been just like I do every year. I'd been writing previews for those. So I'd written up a bunch of previews. I'd started on a bunch more for tournaments that didn't finish, tournaments that didn't even happen. So th that sucked. Like mm -hmm. that that bothered me a lot too. That I put in some work on the, you know, and a lot of people did. Sure, a lot of people did yeah. a lot of work prepping for conference tournaments and tournament time, and nothing ever happened. Yeah, a lot of stuff went straight into the garbage. So we're back. Uh, you know, and we've gotten everything back except for this. And so now it's finally come back, right? Like we did, you know, got our sort of fake NBA season in our quasi NHL season, a really sketchy college football season happened. And, you know, this hasn't been necessarily a party for college basketball over the last few months. And it's already gotten dicey with news out of Oklahoma and Georgia Tech, et cetera. So where is your excitement level here? Like, obviously, there's a ton of work to be done, which you know, obviously sort of comes with the territory and that's why we do this because we like doing it. But, you know, relative to tournaments past, like, you know, you could be more excited because of the drought from last year or you could be less because it's, you know, not what it fully usually is. So where do you land on that spectrum? Yeah, like nervous excitement, I guess, you know, with some mm -hmm. of these COVID situations still popping up, you know, with, uh, I'm trying to think of all the teams. I mean, there's been like four now that have had struggles be, you know, earlier in the week with Virginia and Kansas and their situations. And later now with Oklahoma and G tech, I'm just worried. And then somebody brought up, you know, like, Oh, if G tech had a positive, like they just played some teams in the ACC sure. tournament, like less than a week ago. Are we worried about right. those teams now? So hopefully just, uh, they got things under control in Indianapolis. This goes off with as few, I, I won't say without a hitch cause it won't, but with right. as few hitches as possible. So I'm very excited that we're having it. I love this time of year. I love that. Uh, I almost like that you do get a break in between. Like, you you know, you get you get a few days off before the next round to kind of prepare. Sure. Not only, you know, especially as us as content creators, gives you a chance to kind of collect your thoughts and put out some something reasonable rather than just the grind of there's games every single day and you need to get ready for those. Yeah, because I'm, you know, ready for you know, morning, flip on the microphone. Okay, here's what we, you know, what happened yesterday? Here's what we've got today. Boom, you know, send it out, right? You can at least, uh, like you said, gather your thoughts and sort of have something salient to say in between the uh, the weekends. So from a betting standpoint, you know, last time you were on, we talked about how you don't really bet the big conferences. Like you watch the big conference games, but you're more into the mid-majors. So that, of course, lends itself to sort of a two-part question. You know, the first one is, obviously, this is a big conference of, you know, event by and large. So where are you with your betting on it? Does your volume increase because now you're involved in these 
you know, bigger conference teams. And then sort of secondarily, like, are you in a bunch of bracket pools or is it, you know, are you a one man, one bracket thing like I am, but, you know, spread it out a bunch of pools. You know, what's this like for you from a betting standpoint? Oh, yeah. I mean, I do as many brackets as I don't actively look for bracket leagues. But if anybody sends me a DM or an email, like I'm be like, OK, I'm in. Like, so I'm in a, a bunch already. And, that you know, that's I have a long list of things I need to get done before tomorrow. And brackets are one. I've not filled out a single one yet. I got to work on that. I'll do, you know, pools, any contests like that. I love entering things like that. I do treat this a little more recreationally. It's kind of like, a, you know, like we talk about this with the Super Bowl. I'm never, yeah. I'm never, ever finding some massive edge on the Super Bowl line or side or total. It's, right. it's not something I've ever really found. I, I take a bunch of money and I spread it out on a bunch of props and I hope to break even and have some fun. Similarly in this, you know, just I treat it a lot more recreationally. I will run the numbers on every game. If I find some massive edge or something, I'm going to bet it. Um, over years past, I've bet a lot into the CIT, the CBI, the NIT. When there is some smaller teams matching up, if you have some maybe some more informational angles about certain teams down there, I've, and I've done well in those tournaments. I've had a lot of fun betting those, and at the same time, you know, recreationally betting the big dance. Where um, in years in Vegas and past, we've done um, a little bit of a system where you take, I believe we just went like 50 bucks every single 12, 13, 14, and 15 seed straight up. You bet them all. Okay. It does not yep. matter how ugly this is. 20 to 1 dogs, bet it anyway. $50 on every single game Thursday and Friday. And or I believe you just did Thursday. And then if none of them hit on Thursday, then, okay. you, put a, then, then you did 100 on Friday. Because <laughs> right. then you, the, like the ultimate gambler's fallacy. And, you know, right. it, the system works like all but one year in the last 20 years as far as at least getting close to breaking even. So it, it's the most fun outside of like the first of 15 bets that everyone's placing out there. But we've had a ton of fun. And honestly, when you're standing out there at the pool or at the book or something, the, the guy standing next to you, some random, mm -hmm. he doesn't have to know you went and placed like 20 of these bets. You just show right. him your one. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I had, I had Stephen F. Austin money line, I guess. I just figured they'd win this yeah. game. You know, he doesn't know you, you placed, you know, you didn't place, you placed 16 of these and this right. is just the one that hit. So those are, those are a lot of fun to take up to the window. I've, I've done that in years past. I've done the, you know, round robining the 12 seed money lines that works out sometimes. Yeah, it's funny. That's that kind of sounds like gambling Twitter in a nutshell, right? Just bet them all and then show your ticket for the one that wins. Oh, for uh, sure. <laughs> uh, I had, you know, had your podcast partner Drew on um, a couple of days ago, and uh, you know, I mentioned survivor pools to him for the NCAA tournament, and he'd never been in one. Um, do you partake in the survivor pool as well? It's been a few years. I don't even really remember how those work. You got my interest peak, okay. though. I definitely, I think I, I might try to find one. I said I don't actively find brackets, but a survivor pool sounds fun. I, I enjoy those a lot in football. Obviously, I do a bunch in, of one-and-dones in golf, so that's kind of right up my alley. Well, he uh, roughly about an, an hour after uh, we got off the pod with him, he entered my survivor pool. So we'll get you, we'll get you in. Yeah, on give me that. a link. Give me a link. Yep. <laughs> so, um, you know, looking back, obviously, you know, this is, you know, a really big nostalgia event. 
for a lot of people, right? So do you remember a big bet or, you know, a game that swung a bracket contest your way, something along those lines? You know, we all have these memories of great moments in the tournament, and a lot of them have to do with, you know, upsets in the first round or the champion. And then we all have our own personal memories of, you know, a backdoor cover that we'll never forget. Like I have personally, you know, I'll never forget the Oklahoma State, Michigan backdoor cover from the first round a few years ago, where it was like, you know, quasi half court three that was meaningless in the game, but half the bar exploded when that, you know, bucket went down, you know, and that's obviously an insignificant thing. It's not showing up on the YouTube, you know, uh, March Madness highlights of all time necessarily. Do you have anything along those lines that you go like, oh, 2008, you know, regional final and, you know, something that we don't necessarily think of? I mean, I uh, going back to the, the little stupid system I was talking about, I mean, some of those have yeah. been pretty fun, especially when it's the second day. Of like the, I believe the middle middle Tennessee over state over uh, over Michigan, Michigan state. state. I think they yeah. were twenty. I think that was a second day, so we had you know we'd put a hundred yep. on them, and it was twenty to one. So like hitting hitting that <laughs> felt pretty, like that just takes care of all the other bad. Like everything else didn't yeah. matter. Like all right, all right, we broke even for sure. Anything else is right. gravy. You know, hitting any of those, a uh, Mercer over Duke, Stephen. Like I'll remember all those little any. You know, the twelve seeds don't pay that well, but any of the 13, 14, 15s that came through, I remember all those. But I will say sure. the I had a, a a different stupid system where we bet you know, a lot of these games and I just started rolling all my tickets over. Cause I saw somebody just say, don't give me the cash at the window back when I was new to Vegas. And they said, just place right. it on this. So every winner I placed, I put it on one game that I liked for the, on a Friday. I think it was a Friday game Jeez. and it was, it was Gonzaga. And you know, this is, I was treating it pretty recreationally and I was betting, you know, 50, a hundred bucks and all these games, but eventually anytime I'd win, I just say, you know, 50 bucks, take the one Oh five, put it on Gonzaga. Eventually I had like $800 on Gonzaga and I realized like, <laughs> Oh man, I kind of went, I kind of took this a little too far. I'm just, right, trying to, you know, just trying to have some fun on your and I remember I like I didn't even want to watch that game with my friends. Like I went I went yeah. out to the craps table outside and watched that one by myself. They covered easily. It was no it was actually no sweat, which maybe was less fun. But I will say, you know, there there's been some you know plenty of sweaty ones out there that uh we've had a lot of fun with. And uh, a couple years back we we had a really lousy Saturday and Sunday. When I say we, you know, just me and my group of buddies that go out there. Mm-hmm. And we, we, I mean, we couldn't pick our nose. So we, we started flipping. <laughs> we started just betting first half, second half lines only. And we'd okay. flip and we'd flip a coin. We just said, let oh, the coin, let the coin yeah. guide us. So we'd flip the coin twice and we'd say favorite, favorite and over, you know, dog under dog over, whatever it was. And we bet every yeah. single game on that Sunday. And that coin, that coin was hitting like 65% for that one afternoon. <laughs> and it was, it was beautiful. And, um, we ended up betting Texas A&M and the over for the second half against uh-huh. Northern Iowa. And I mean, uh-huh. that was a wild, wild ending to uh-huh. begin with. Yeah. But the, yeah. the fact that like, you know, we had a couple of small bets that we'd rolled over on that second half that had no business cashing. We, and, you know, I think sure. the guy kept that coin because they were down like, 12 to fight over the coin. Oh no! It, I mean, it belonged to the one guy. It was his coin, but that oh, uh, you know they were that team was down twelve with like forty five seconds left. Ended up winning in overtime, yeah. which got us the cover and the uh, and the second half over. So, you know, the, a lot of props to that coin. Maybe the best better I've seen out there in a long time was that quarter. 
Absolutely. Might be able to beat uh, Rob Pozzola's tortoise in a, in a contest. Um, yeah, that's funny because that Northern Iowa team, right, had one of the all-time March Madness weekends, if not the March oh, God, Madness yeah. weekend, right? The, the half-court half shot, court shot that. right, to beat Texas and then getting Texas A&M and, you know, sort of being involved in all the montages. So let's get into this bracket here a little bit. And so, you know, you focus on mid-major putting you know sort of spraying all the 12 to 14s here what ones do you think actually have a legitimate chance of winning here if we were to just pick a couple for maybe a round robin parlay or something along those lines yeah and it's definitely something that you need to take a look at what you're trying to do because you know everybody Mm -hmm. everybody is talking about ohio and I mean, there, there's always teams like this. There's a couple teams. I don't know if maybe it's bigger this year because of, you know, some of the, some of the COVID things that are affecting some of these games. And, you know, think so. everybody think everybody thinks they have that information. Like, Oh, I'm, I'm the only guy who knows this. And I'm, I'm all over these Bobcats. Like no, everybody is. So, you know, if you're doing a bracket, sometimes those are really good ways to fade, you know, a bigger bracket pool because everybody and their sisters picking the Ohio's the, you know, um, I'm trying to think who the other one is. I mean, the, the Kansas game, people are going to want to pick against them. So there, there's a lot of ways you can use some of these trendy underdogs to maybe work your bracket a little, but you know, Drew, Drew did eight Ohio. I kind of ate Ohio. Now I liked them a lot uh, in their conference tournament, but they might, mm-hmm. they might not be able to, they might not be able to do as much uh, in this tournament here. So I've only been through the Western region with a fine tooth comb. So like, I feel like that's my, my region. I really understand here, but I mean, I don't know if there's like a deep run out of any of these teams. You know, Winthrop I think has a decent chance, but again, that's another trendy one just based on the fact that, you know, Nova's issues. I think it's one of those deals where, just because a lot of people like a, a team or a player or a golfer, like we joked about this with Justin Thomas last week, everybody I knew bet Justin Thomas because it was a bad number. And we joke, like, well, that's mushed. They still won. Like, every once in a while, right. they're still going to yeah. win. It doesn't, doesn't matter yeah. if everybody likes them. Somebody still wins. So, like, one of these trendy teams, the Winthrop, the Ohio, you know, Kansas is, might go down. That One of these teams is going to come through, and everyone's going to claim they knew it first. But, you know, the, I think a team like Winthrop, a team like Liberty, some of these mid-majors that have a little bit more experience and have been here, that have played well during the season, have a decent chance. And uh, there's a lot of uncertainty, too, with some of these teams just don't have you know don't have a ton of games if i had to put a couple bucks on a couple of these long shots and i will be putting a couple bucks on a lot of these long shots anyway because i love to do that you know eastern washington santa barbara colgate are some teams i like i like arkansas i have an arkansas to make the final four bet but colgate's probably a little too tempting for me i just nobody really knows if they're really really good or not because they played in a bad league and didn't play that many games but super efficient team so never know with them that could be a nice little uh 14 seed to get it done okay yeah that's yeah like such a polarizing you know game right there because of the uncertainty when it comes to that I haven't you know, necessarily filled out your bracket, and I don't necessarily blame you either because I haven't. Um, you know, I'm still kicking around, you know, from a strategic standpoint, you know, what should we do here? You know, then you got to balance like, oh, uh, you know, a couple of futures on, you know, got a future on Illinois from last summer, right? It's like, how committed am I, am I to that when it comes to my bracket since their popularity is through the roof? So, 
you know, maybe you don't have it set in stone, but that's okay. We're not going to hold you to it. Um, but, you know, maybe sort of looking through it through the lens, if you will, of a bracket contest, you know, almost like if you had to pick a team that wasn't a one seed in each region, you know, do you, do you have anything that's sort of sneaky for a bracket contest that you think might be a difference maker in any of those regions? Yeah, like I just said, I do like Arkansas quite a bit as a team. Mm-hmm. You know, Baylor, if Baylor can't get the defense together or, you know, God forsake, we could lose a one seed to COVID for all we know. Like we could sure. have a really we could have a really ugly bracket just based on like oh Wisconsin advances because Baylor has a outbreak you, you just never know what's going to happen in a a weird year like this but yeah Arkansas Purdue a couple teams that are you know not full Cinderella but you know less than one or two seeds I could think that could come out of there I'm not going to entertain the notion of somebody outside of Gonzaga coming out of the West that's just okay. silly I'm not even I'm not even going to dignify that because I mean <laughs> your, your two seed is a team that got beat by the you know Gonzaga beat the brakes off them Kansas is having some issues right now and you know Virginia is another team that lost to Gonzaga badly so I think I think that's probably just a Zag region Michigan with the injury and the fact that the East is so stacked any like one through seven coming out of there wouldn't surprise me there there mm-hmm. could be a lot um I have a lot of love for Florida State right now I'm going to use them in a few brackets I'm going to get weird with this one I I don't go one one bracket for you know, all my leagues, I do mix it up quite a bit. And the East is where I'm going to mix it up the most. I'll have, you know, Florida State coming out. I'll have Connecticut coming out. I'll probably have Colorado winning it a couple times. So I'm going to get wacky with that one. I think that's where uh, we talked about it last night on the deep dive. The East might be where you win your bracket if you can nail yeah. some of that down. And then, uh, of course, Houston. I love a mid-major with uh, some panache and a nice record. So uh, I joked about that last night. We never got to find out, you know, settled the arguments last year. You know, is San Diego State any good? Is Dayton any good? Are these teams Mm -hmm. actually, you know, mid-majors that can make a run? And, uh, you know, now we need to find out with the the likes of Loyola Chicago and Houston and San Diego State in this one region right there. So it'll be fun. I think a lot of those teams do have some chances to make it out of the Midwest. And listen, who doesn't like a cougar with little panache? Um, oh, yeah. So we'll get you out of here. <laughs> we'll get you out of here on this. You know, you talked about your Vegas trip being canceled last year. Uh, does that mean no Vegas this year? And is Vegas a thing that is your social, um, you know, tradition more than anything else? Or do you have something else maybe for the Final Four? You know, everybody does it differently. What do, what do you do for, uh, for the tournament? <laughs> Yeah, I haven't decided what I'm going to do yet. I'm, I am going to lay low. I'm not going to do Vegas. I'm not sure. It's like, you know, it's like seeing a great prize fighter in a, in a well past his prime, just getting beat up by somebody, a lesser man. I'm not sure I want to see Vegas with masks mm-hmm. and dividers and stuff. I'm going to wait. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I'm not even, I just didn't feel the excitement to get out there. So I'm going to skip it this year, just find a way to watch the games, maybe somewhere around here with some friends or even just at home and grill up a bunch of meat. I love to grill meat and watch basketball. So that might be the plan for now, but yeah, I will be back in Vegas soon. Hopefully everything clears up and I'll be out there for the first weekend of NFL season. That'll be uh that's kind of the plan going forward. And, you know, God willing, the creek don't rise. I will be back in Sin City for March Madness next season. Yeah, that's a, that is a fair point. I was there in, 
well, first week of September just to sign up for uh, circuit contests and whatnot. And it was uh, kind of a bummer. So I'm, you know, not sprinting to get back there when it comes, you know, in this certain, uh, you know, environment. But I'm certainly hoping it comes back pretty soon. He's Andy MSFW on Twitter, everybody, and the director of content at BetSperts. Go check out the BetSperts app, BetSperts.com. You can read the stuff I write. You can read the stuff he writes. And listen, there is more than enough stuff that he's writing. He is killing it over there. Pleasure as always, Andy. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me. All right, now it's time for arguably the most fun parts, right? We bring in friends of the podcast and we sort of rifle through the brackets here. You know, sort of an ode to the Tony Kornheiser show where he just has random people on the week of March Madness. Uh, Certainly not a random. You've heard him before on this podcast. Good friend of mine, good friend of the podcast. Ashish Barty, welcome to the window, my friend. Thanks for having me, dude. So, zero out of ten. And listen, this is our event, buddy. Like, we've been on, (laughs) you've been on, and we have talked about this. And, you know, we talked about back in the Halcyon days of, you know, we didn't even have bets necessarily on the tournament. Like Maybe we had a bracket going. I mean, almost definitely had a bracket going on. And we've told the story, you know, of watching it in my mom's basement, uh, you know, 20 years ago and getting fired up over, you know, uh, uh, Sparks uh, three-pointer. That's that's a legendary (laughs) spanky. We told that story, geez, a year ago, basically. Um, so from a social standpoint, you know, we don't live in the same city. So we, you know, that might've been the last time we watched, you know, a, a first, you know, or second weekend March Madness game. Mm-hmm. And so I've asked a lot of people about, you know, recreationally and sort of socially, like, what do they do for the tournament? And, you know, I already know what you do for the tournament, but I want to get into a story, you know, everybody else's story didn't necessarily involve me. Okay. And so I want to get into a story of the 2009 uh ncaa final four and let's be clear let's be clear this is one of 10 march madness stories we have oh of course of course but like this is you know arguably the best one right i've had people come on talk about i don't know go to vegas every year and you know i go for you know the first weekend and obviously that's complete chaos and and to be honest with you probably unless you sort of you know are in the know you know, or sort of in with some of these, you know, casinos and sports books, you know, probably has jumped the shark, right? It's a really tricky event to experience in Las Vegas now, uh, getting a little easier with the apps and all of that kind of thing. But in 2009, you know, we decided to go for the Final Four for, you know, many different reasons. One reason, a couple of weeks later, a little bit nicer weather out. Mm-hmm. And so we decided, you know what, let's do the Final Four in style. Let's rent a cabana at the Mandalay Bay and watch the games from there. And so, um, you know, I don't know when you sort of want to hop in here, but, you know, I, it was me, you, and, and a good friend of ours who doesn't bet at all on sports, but we sort of dragged him into a Final Four parlay. Yeah. And so tell me what you remember sort of of that, uh, of that day, if you will. Yeah. So even there's copious amount of Corona buckets and shots happening uh, all day, but uh, of course I remember it all. So, um, yeah, 2009, Final Four. Um, you know, you you were the the captain of that Final Four parlay, of course. And like you mentioned, our, our third soldier in the cabana, he said he's in. No, he's in. Even our fourth soldier who wasn't with us, who couldn't make it, he even threw gave us some cash to put on this uh, this parlay. Um, first game, we've got MSU versus Connecticut, UConn. Kemba Walker's Yukon, mm-hmm. and um, 
Yeah, they're dogs. I think they're, I don't remember the number, but it had to be maybe five point dogs or something around that line. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. I think it was about a five point underdog. And this is a time when, you know, I had been betting for eight, nine years. But, yeah. you know, I had sort of the first few years were $2, you know, five team parlay type things, right? I went through that stage of my life. So hadn't, you know, been betting high amounts of money. So the amount of money, a couple hundred bucks here was pretty high at that time mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. for us, given, you know, sort of our state of uh, uh, existence at that time professionally. Um, so, yeah. Do you remember what the so the first bet, like you said? Yeah. yeah. We, so we took Michigan we state. took the MSU money line. Yeah. Which is a nice bold bet in a parlay. And the second half of the parlay was the under. Uh, The second game was UNC Villanova. That's correct. Um, So anyways, we, you know, get the cabana all day, game start. And um, well, should we, I don't know, we remember our neighbors beside us, the the nice uh, group of ladies we had. (laughs) We should probably talk about that a little bit too, as an aside. Yeah, because that got off the rails pretty quickly just because, um, and they, listen, we were, you know, in our mid-20s at that point in time, and they were, it should be noted, when we say nice group of ladies, like, literal, like, ladies, as in they were, like, older than us, like, much older than yeah. well maybe much isn't the right word well, it's but funny like, because they're probably late 30s early 40s which you know we're not far from and uh <laughs> but right. they're they're having a good time they're shots yeah. bottles and lots and lots of cocaine i believe <laughs> so well and that you know in theory you could go like oh that's speculative speculative like how you know how dare you sort of you know say that that might be might have been the case but what happened was you know of course because you know it's march madness it's the final four two prime programs in yukon and michigan state like it's a close game yeah and you know we've got the money line so there's no sort of margin for error here right and i'll never forget like the one lady sort of comes over you know talking to us or whatever and it's like she doesn't realize that we're in the last five minutes of the first game (laughs) and what i what i believe to be the most difficult part of the parlay um and she sort of comes over and she's like do you you know do you guys have any cocaine (laughs) And, and we're just like no and she's like why not and 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 so you have to understand like people don't maybe don't realize this like you know at mandalay bay like it's a beach and like there's like a wave pool and you know the cabanas have these you know nice you know high definition televisions you know at the time which was kind of you know really big deal now it's pretty much standard no but air conditioning and and fridges and coolers and servers Yeah, yeah of course yeah and so i'm sitting there watching this game like sweating it right and just like on edge and I think she sort of looked at us like, you know, why don't you have cocaine? Or like, how are you not on cocaine? Like, look at this guy. He looks like he's on cocaine right now. <laughs> and I'm like, and she said, like, why don't, why don't you have cocaine? And I'm like, lady, I got two bills riding on the uh, Michigan State money line here. Do you think I need cocaine right now? <laughs> and that like stopped her in her tracks. And sure enough, right, Michigan State comes through. Yeah, wins on the money line. So we're like, great, grand, wonderful, right? And but I think you don't remember the server, even like the dudes were like, yo, you guys have MSU. They were so impressed and they were cheering yeah. for us because they knew what yeah. was happening. Yeah. Yeah, because at that point, like I'm, you know, yelling stuff at the TV and like it's out at the beach, right? Like the, yeah. the Mandalay Beach and like people are swinging on by and sort of like what's going on. 
and like not obviously not everybody has uh, a cabana and so they're sort of like oh like really good idea right so it's sort of like a sneaky smart move to you know do the beachside thing yeah. when it comes to the tournament now you know um pacific coast time we get you know, the game sort of ends and before the next one can really begin, you know, the pool shuts down. And, you know, I don't know that we even knew that that was going to be the case or we had sort of thought that far ahead. Oh, we shot it down. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we're like, oh, okay, like that sucks. And so we're like, okay, what are we going to do for this second game? Which, like you said, we had the under. Yeah. So, you know, (laughs) we're like, okay, well, let's go to the sports book and yeah. watch this before we head up to the room to get ready to go out that night. And I don't know if you remember it the same way I do, but oh, like, I remember. what a miserable, miserable experience Dude, watching that first half was. I took so many laps around that casino <laughs> because we had the under a lot yeah. of our weekend, to be honest, rode on that. You know, it kind of would have made made or break in the night. You know what I mean? Sure, of course. Um, and so... I think we must have had the under, it was like maybe 155 or whatever the number was. Yeah, um, it was a relatively high number. Yeah, yeah, so bang the under. But then the first half is just insane. They scored like almost 90 points. And um, everything's dropping. Everything's dropping. We're pacing. We're fucked. We don't hedge. We, we didn't hedge a thing. Um, no. So then we decide, all right, second half, we got to go up to the room. We got to get changed, cleaned up. We're going out regardless whether it's a, drink to celebrate or drink some more to you know ease our pain our sorrows yeah (laughs) yeah so well and and that's the thing though right because like you know and and it shouldn't be you know it shouldn't be sort of glossed over like you sort of forget how brutal you know it's one thing you're at home you're betting on an under and you're you know watching balls go in the basket and how brutal that is but then when you realize you're doing it in front of you know in a packed sports book final four where not that many people have the under and so the people who have the over are cheering the people who have you know unc uh, are going villanova yeah Yeah, north carolina right every time a basket goes in people are cheering and we're sitting there trying to do the math in our head you know that calculus and just everybody's cheering and like and, and i'm sort of just sitting there like in a stupor and yeah, you're a guy who likes to go and like, okay, we've got to change the mojo here. You're doing laps. You're standing over by the roulette table. You're you know, swinging by the craps table. Like you're just looking for anything that's going to change things up a little bit here. And so that's when we did. We had to change the momentum in this game. Yeah. So halftime, yeah. I'm like, I can't sit here and watch these teams just fire it. it in. Like it's Pleasantville, for those of you who remember that movie. Um, yeah. So we go up to the room and tell us about your magical... Um, powers here. Yeah. So then we decide, okay, we're going out. We had plans. I forget what club we hit that night, but we knew we were going somewhere. And um, I said, you know what? Put the game on. I'm going to start ironing. I'm going to start ironing all our shit. Give me jeans. Give me shirts. Give me undershirts. It's going to be crisp. So I'm banging out irons and I'm, I'm, you know, side glancing at the TV Watching some bricks, watching some missed free throws, you know, a lot of missed threes. I, I like what I see. Ironing harder, ironing well, harder. Well, but you've also positioned yourself sort of away from the television. Yeah, yeah, I, I can overhear like, it. Don't even, yeah, you, you can hear it, but you're yeah. just sort of like, don't tell me what's going on. No, happening. no, and, and I didn't want to know. It was a shush game of all shush yeah. games. Yeah. Yeah. Because the first, yeah, you know, five, ten minutes were <laughs> going our way. 
Right. And so I want to hop in here just to do the math here because I've looked it up. Um, there were 89 points in the first half yeah. of the game. 89. In, a, you know, obviously times that by two, and we're on 178-point yeah. pace. And like you said, you know, I think we had 154, something yeah. like that, right? And so, yeah, like the sweat is, is the deepest at, at this point. And, yeah, you're ironing away. And, like, I, I remember Matt and I, who's, you know, our other friend, we're each sort of sitting on a bed, like, watching this game. And, like, you know, we just know that we need, <laughs> we need some misses here down the stretch. <laughs> like, we need a ton of misses. And so, you know, it's the type of thing where if it was going badly, I would have probably been more vocal. But as the game is progressing in the second half. Like I'm not really saying anything and yeah, you're coming in, you're maybe glancing over and checking like the, the, the score. I'm a numbers guy. But, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I imagine you're sort of doing the math sort of in your own head or whatever, but it gets down to the point where, you know, of course you get into like, Oh, you know, who's going to foul. Are they going to foul? And then of course game state comes into the mix. Right. So yeah. even with, let's see here, I've got, you know, three minutes and 42 seconds left in the game. It's UNC 77, Villanova 63. So if you do some quick math there, that's 140 points with three full minutes and 42 seconds left. And so yeah. whether they get into the foul game or whether, like, the scrubs get on the court just to, you know, get in the box score, so to speak, like, you know, we're still really up against it. And, you know, I'm not saying anything. And then we sort of get to a point where it's like, oh my God, inside a minute, right? Like this is actually going to happen. They're not fouling. Yeah. And then you can, you can pull yourself away from the ironing and we're watching this go down, down, down. And then the final score, 83-69. Yeah. And we end up winning this by two points in the end because they scored 63 points in the second half after 89 in the first. And I'm convinced to this day, it's because you just started ironing. And so yeah, the powers of the sure. ironing have been for involved sure. ever since. So um, kudos to you uh, 12 yeah. years later for, uh, for creating that magic moment in March Madness history. You know, and as, a bonus, the as a bonus, we, we forgot you forgot one part of the story is when we went uh -oh. to cash the tickets. Uh -huh. <laughs> Remember we went to the sportsbook right after, yeah. got all cash. And remember I snapped a picture. I'm like, we got we to gotta document this. Yeah. And one buddy's like, you can't take pictures in a sports <laughs> Right. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's a $200 bet, right? Like, but at that point, you know, you, you know, I think everybody does this when it comes to whether they're in a contest or, you know, like survivor is really big for this, right? It's like you put in 20 bucks for a survivor entry. And then the, you know, the guy who runs it says, okay, you know, like the pool is 4,000 bucks. And mm -hmm. immediately when the loss happens, you say that it costs you 4,000 bucks. Right. Like you don't say that it cost you 20 bucks because like that was sort of a sunk cost. You're like, oh, you're right. Like the Falcons losing like that cost me four grand. It's like, well, no, it wasn't yours to necessarily win. We were still in that mindset at that point in time, like with that money line, with the under like that parlayed together, you know, it was over five to one. So it was a thousand dollars that we were going to get to play with that night. Right. So the whole time you're thinking like, oh, God, like, we're, you know, thousand bucks like out the window, like we should have had this. And so when we get paid out, you know, bunch of hundreds, really exciting. You're snapping the picture. And the guy's <laughs> just like, nope, not allowed. <laughs> Cannot do it. 
not a thing. Uh, I don't know if they're actually looser about that nowadays, given sort of the different climate. But uh, yeah. yeah. And and listen, you know, that money did not go very far. Um, we literally stayed up that entire night and yep. played blackjack. Like we didn't even make it to a club. We just played blackjack and drank, you know, quote unquote, free drinks the entire night. We had a flight <laughs> at 6 a.m. the next day and literally yeah. never slept. And it was Heart palpitations. Yeah. yeah, it was the hardest flight ever. Um but yeah, long story short, uh, really, really good times. So uh, let's get into the tournament for this year. Hopefully, yeah, man. Let's do magic it. moments. Obviously, we're dying to get back to you know those days of you know just being able to have that kind of fun again. Um, so simply yeah. put, first round, what do you like of all these you know upsets that over the course of three and four days, yeah. all we hear about, right? This team, Colgate, mm-hmm. you know, UC, whatever, sure. UNC. The it's like which ones are you buying into based on sort of what okay. you've researched. I mean, watching this tournament, you know, for as long as I can remember, there's, there's a few rules you always have to follow. Okay. Um, the 12 over five game, there's going to be, it's got to be one, one, you know? Yeah. Um, my, new, my new rule since this final first four play-in game business is one of those teams usually make it to the, they always win the first round, there's going to be one. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like, and one of the teams often go to the Sweet 16 as well. Sure. Um, so I kind of play those into my mindset when making these picks. Okay. Um, so with, and then obviously some, you got to pick a couple upsets or else you're just, you're not even trying. Yeah, you're just wasting your time. Um, yeah. So what are the spicy ones? I mean, so my play-in team is MSU. Mm-hmm. So I like them uh, assuming they win tonight. Uh, Thursday night, or um, I like them to be BYU, and then I also like them to upset Texas in the second round. Whoa. So I have them facing Alabama. Yep, yep, big time. Okay, what happens yeah, so, for you if UCLA wins tonight? I'm not going back. I'm not going. I'm still going by my rule. The playing team will will UCLA. win the first round. Okay. Yeah. Right. Second second rule. Syracuse somehow finds it every year themselves in the tournament. First of all, getting in is, is often a miracle. Mm-hmm. Um, and even though I'd like San Diego state, I, you know, just, I always like that team mm-hmm. as well, but uh, I like them beating San Diego state in the first round. Yeah. The emotional hedge in a lot of ways there. Yeah. And a cue. I mean, like cues is, you know, quote unquote, the local team here as well. So I like that. I, I like Georgetown uh, in the first round. Okay. Yeah, the power of Patrick Ewing over there. Uh, I'm going I'm, – I'm debating – I have Villanova in my bracket over Winthrop, but Winthrop's kind of like the popular 12 over 5 pick, so I'm kind of sure. contrarian on that. Contrarian on the contrarian oh, on right. that. Yeah, you're, you're re-contrarianing yeah. people on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, as far as that, I mean I, – I got Kansas to lose in the first round. Okay, there you go. A little Eastern Washington. All right. I got the Ewash. Yeah. Yeah. I got that. That's probably, that's my biggest upset. 14 over three. Yeah. I got Virginia losing in the first round. I got Ohio over them. Yeah. These have, these have some Uh, round robbing potential, right? You could throw Georgetown, you'd throw uh, Eastern Washington, you could throw Ohio, um, you know, maybe Syracuse to, you know, obviously juice it up a little bit, maybe find a fifth Mm -hmm. one in there somewhere to, uh, to jazz up the, uh, the round robin parlay. Um, okay, so unless you have anything else sort of spicy along the way that maybe doesn't directly involve your final four, what do you have for a final four? 
Yeah. So right now, coming out of the left side of the bracket, mm-hmm. I got the Zags coming out of their sure. quadrant. Lower left, I've got Alabama. Okay. Uh, coming out of there. Top right, I've got Ohio State beating Baylor in the Elite Eight. Ooh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And then bottom right, I've got Oklahoma State ah. over over Hugh. So that's I just hated where they lined up against Illinois, to be honest. But it's uh I don't love that. So, I mean, that 1-4 game, that's kind of the one I stared at. Yeah. I said, if Oklahoma State can get past Illinois, and spoiler alert, I have them going all the way. Oklahoma State. Yep. Champions. Yep. Cade Cunningham. That's it. The, the, uh, that's the it. Carmelo Anthony effect here as he rides off <laughs> to, uh, to a top pick. So, okay. Yeah. So, you got Oklahoma State beating Illinois. So, that sort of answers for the one seed in that bracket. Uh, you got yeah. the, uh, obviously, Ohio State over Baylor. Uh, what happens to Michigan? Where does Michigan sort of fall on its uh, on its? Yeah, I got Michigan. I got Florida State kicking them out. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. And then if we sort of passed a rule um, to jazz up the West, if you had mm-hmm. to select one team in that entire region, now maybe that team never gets a chance to face Gonzaga, right? Because, you know, bad mm-hmm. matchup early on or whatever. Sure. If you had to pick one team in that group, who's the team that you think has the best chance to beat Gonzaga? So out of that quadrant, yeah. I mean... Because we've all decided, I mean, I right? Yes, Iowa. Like we've all decided, yeah. like Gonzaga is moving on to to the Final Four, and and I don't disagree with that. Obviously, like you know, there's nothing to say that that isn't a fair take. But it's sort of like, you know, maybe you go, okay, well, if Kansas is healthy, and like like, and they can get to the final, yeah. they're like, oh wait, like they're not, and you know, like that seems like a sort of write off year for Kansas, like, you know crazy stuff happens right like oregon maybe or mm-hmm. usc maybe right so there's a bunch of different yeah. options there all right well listen i mean oklahoma state that's a very reasonable uh or sort of very advantageous position to have if oklahoma state wins the national championship game which 1.5 percent mm-hmm. of all brackets have oklahoma state winning the championship right so you know going yeah. in whether it's a 200 person bracket that we're in there's probably going to be three people that have Oklahoma State in a 20,000 person bracket, right? Like, obviously, that's what, 300 people? Did I do that math correctly? I don't even know mm-hmm. if I did. Uh, or 30 people. Oh, see, you know, it's too much going on this week for me to do the math. Uh, somebody out there is doing the math yeah, on yeah. it. Um, but you know what? You've shrunk your pool there, right? You've shrunk your pool and you get to cheer for Cade Cunningham, you know, in the tournament, which, like, I'm here to tell you is really fun because that dude's awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, I uh, hope you're as fired up about this as I am. Uh, I know, obviously, it's not, you know, ideal. And, you know, we'd love to be back in Vegas for a Final Four or something along those lines, or at least in, you know, Toronto for a Final Four or something along those lines. Well, we didn't mention the 2017 Final Four, which we intended in person. That's true. Obviously. Yeah. And we didn't have a cocaine lady. Yeah. That was sort of a, a, a way more low-key event. Um, that, was a, that was the Gonzaga Final, and I sort of referenced that a lot of the time when people talk about Gonzaga okay. not being able to make it, you know, far, right. That's sort of the, obviously the knock on Gonzaga. Yeah. And, and I say like, you know, and you were sitting right next to me, like we were, we were at, you know, we were at the national championship that Gonzaga made it. And frankly, yes. they were the better team, but like that game was so dragged down yeah. and, you know, nobody ever wants to talk about that game. Cause it was just such a bad sort of basketball game 
from, you know, super low scoring and like all the scoring was on free throws because the referees were calling fouls left, right and center. And, you know, but a really great experience. And whether it's Vegas for the final four <laughs> or uh, the going to the actual final four, uh, I recommend doing both at least once in your life. Um, thanks so much for this, pal. As usual, uh, a complete pleasure, my friend. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Next up, another friend of the podcast. You've heard him before. Brandon Lefebvre. How are you, sir? Uh, I'm great. Happy to be back. Looking forward yeah, to man. How... March Madness. <laughs> and how much, right? Like on a scale of one to 10, where are you at from an excitement level? Uh, I'm, I'm like a, a good eight and a half. Okay. Yeah. yeah I don't want to get, about too, what we're get too, my hopes up too high. Yeah. I don't want to get my bracket busted. Due to COVID. <laughs> well, we know that, yo, due to COVID. Yeah, I was going to say, we know it's going to happen eventually one way or another. No. But yeah, let's hope it's on the up and up here. Um, so normally I sort of wait to the end to sort of ask people like socially, you know, what do they do uh, for March Madness? But as one of my closest friends for the longest time, I know exactly what you do for March Madness or what we're supposed to be doing. And you're supposed to roll in to, uh, to Toronto. You're supposed to roll into my place around seven, eight o'clock on Thursday. Um, you know, you're driving through some of the games and, you know, then we watch the games together on Thursday night. And then we hit the town on Friday and we go to a bar restaurant called Real Sports here in Toronto, which is uh, a pretty legitimate scene. And uh, I just sort of wanted to get your recollections of, uh, of doing that from, a, from an annual basis. Yeah, uh, yeah. Come in Thursday, which is always fun. Uh, I'm definitely not checking the scores on my phone while driving uh, down the highway. That would be bad. Yeah, that's yeah. Not no, cool. not at all. That's not cool. Um, yeah, and then get in, and Real Sports is a scene. Uh, things get loose there. Uh, <laughs> drinks are had, upsets are had. Um, yeah, it's a really cool environment. I love coming down there, especially because I'm so much further north, and we do not have a place like that up here. Uh, yeah, like it's a, it's a ton of fun. What, what do we get? Like six or seven guys usually every year. Yeah. We usually get a table thanks to one of our buddies who has uh, you know, sort of a, I mean, he's there pretty regularly. So I think he's, he's got, got some he's sort got of pulled. like, he's a little bit of a first name basis type situation. And he's always on top of it. He's in charge of two weeks ahead of time when, you know, he knows the day that you can book a table and, uh, and is on top of that. So we end up with a pretty nice table and, you know, I don't know about you, but it feels like the Friday, and this is obviously completely tangential, but the Friday seems to be upset day a lot of the time, yeah, because I always feel like we're there. Yeah, we've witnessed that. a lot of upsets I've, and uh, a lot of fun upsets, because who doesn't like to watch Duke get upset? <laughs> right. As a yeah, and I think that was like a, yeah, I think that was like a first gamer, too, um, on that Friday yeah. as well. And so that sort of sets the tone a lot. It also might for have been the my, first, my first real sports uh, soiree, actually. Could be. Yeah. I mean, they all blend together. They That's do. the other thing about it, right? Because it's, you know, you almost need the games to timestamp what years, you That's know, right. that you're actually doing it. Because you're like, oh, that game happened. I remember being sort of half in the bag you know, yelling at the yelling at the TV screen. And the story that I always sort of like to tell, and again, I don't even remember the year. I'm sure somebody out there is sort of offhand thinking it, but the Michigan-Oklahoma State game where, you know, everybody's cheering for their bracket, right? So it's a, a lot about wins and losses. And, you know, we've got our spread bets going and that kind of stuff, right? But we don't know 
you know, especially 10 years ago, eight years ago, even five years ago, we don't know how many people are in there betting. And there was this one where Oklahoma State was, I think, like two and a half point underdogs. And they're up against Michigan and Michigan takes a lead, tough game the whole way through, but they take, you know, free throws at the end. They take a four point lead. I think it was. And Oklahoma State has about three seconds and you never know if the kid's going to even bother taking the shot or not. Right. And this, the kid uh, hits basically a half court shot and I'm on Oklahoma State. So like I'm celebrating it. I think the table was probably on Oklahoma State just based on your recommendation. We should be on Oklahoma State. Yeah. yeah. And so, and so, you know, but you're sort of like, okay, like we're probably the lone wolves here caring about that shot. Cause it isn't a sports book. It feels like a sports book from time to time. Yeah. Um, but we did hear, we heard other tables and they were sort of sparsely sort of reacting to it. And so you could at that moment pinpoint who the tables were in the bar who kind of knew what they were doing, right? They that were involved in the point spreads. And in some cases they were groaning and in some cases they were cheering. And I just remember sort of having, you know, connecting with those people, like having literal conversations with those people about like, oh, you guys were on Oklahoma State plus two and a half? Like, yeah, that was awesome. And it's like, that's the kind of stuff that really sort of brings you together. Yeah, you can together. either commiserate or celebrate with uh, the tables yeah. that are around you, yeah. It's definitely like a sports club with all the TVs up and uh yeah a lot of sound a lot of fun yes sound which is key yeah because not a ton of sports sports books sports bars um actually put the sound on of these games and so you know that's one of that's literally one of my biggest pet peeves in the entire world um all right man let's get into the bracket here uh you know after you dominated the um the nfl playoff pool that we did and uh your, did you your, not your get sports... my picks you didn't get my picks on brannycovers.com <laughs> brannycovers.com uh i haven't gotten there i haven't no. got my subscription yet That's uh you're 99 99 bucks a week seemed like a little high for me <laughs> but steep. you know it's what steep. um <laughs> it's steep you earned it you earned it fair and square um so let's get into the bracket here so simply simply put um which one of these underdogs are, are getting your money, so to speak, here? Which one of these big sort of no-name teams that a lot of people don't know a ton about? You know, which ones are you taking a shot with here? Yeah, all right. Uh, a lot of my upsets seem to be coming from the West, to be honest. Okay. Yeah. Uh, kind of where everyone seems to be uh, establishing some upsets. Uh, Santa Barbara, Ohio. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one that I kind of really like right now, I like Eastern Washington right now. Yeah. I like them to just take Kansas out. Kansas got their uh, COVID issues coming into the tournament. Uh, but they have three guys who had it, and two, only one of them will be returning. So I kind of like Eastern Washington to pull a, a big upset. There. Yeah, and that, and that feels like one that hasn't gotten the bandwagon. Yeah, right? which is what like, I kind of like about that one. Yeah, like the Ohio one's got the bandwagon. Like, we'll get to the other side here with obviously Winthrop. Like, that bandwagon is just chock full of human beings. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the Eastern Washington, you know, we've seen the spread move on a lot of these, right? Like Ohio opened 10 and a half, you know, went to eight and a half, down to seven and a half. So you can start seeing that momentum for some of these underdogs. But Eastern Washington, you know, obviously a little bit bigger of a spread. Kansas, you know, maybe a little bit better of a team than those other two teams. Yeah. But yeah, like that's the type of thing that would that could totally happen that, you know, at least the block isn't getting a little too hot. Yeah, um, and, like, and part but, of my rationale for the other ones, right, is like, do I think Gonzaga, like, I don't think they're getting past that next round, right? So I'm just, why not take a flyer yep. on some of those first rounders? 
yeah. and see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. It's like if you're not, you know, if you're not worried that they're going to make a long run, then why not take a shot early on just to, exactly. just to have a good time with it? Yeah. Uh, anything in the East there then? Uh, in the East, uh, I like the the winner of the play-in game, Michigan State or UCLA, to upset BYU. Okay. Um, but pretty chalky in the East for me. Okay. And then what about the right-hand side? Uh, right-hand side. So in the, uh, in the South, I like Utah State over Texas Tech. Okay. Uh and Virginia Tech, I can't mm-hmm. can't deal can't deal with Florida. Can't do it. Can't, can't do, do it. it. Yeah, you've been right along with me and getting sucked Although into I'm Florida like, over the years. I got Purdue going deep, and they're just my arch nemesis mm. in this tournament. I'm not sure if you're aware that I normally have them going pretty far, <laughs> and I don't know why I do it every year because it's never it's never paid off. <laughs> it's true. Uh, it's and true. Then, yeah, and in the Midwest, I've got uh, yeah Syracuse to take out San Diego State, and then Rutgers to beat Clemson, which is kind of a game that. I think they're favored, right? Rector is his favorite as the 10 seed. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah, so that's sort of a no-brainer from at least yeah. a, a like money line pricing type of a standpoint. Yeah. All right, let's fast forward. Final four. What's, uh, what's the, what are we relying on here, buddy? Final four, we've got uh, two ones, a two, and a four. Okay. So we've got uh, Gonzaga. I think they just had the kind of easy road for the most yep. part to the final four. Kind of hard not to put them there. Mm-hmm. Uh, as much as everyone's going to have them there, you gotta you gotta go with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got Baylor coming out of the South uh, over Arkansas. Okay. Uh, down in the bottom of the bracket in the East, I've got Florida State. Oh, okay, uh, there's the four. Alabama, kind of a little contrarian there, mm-hmm. and uh, a little contrarian on the other side in the Midwest. I got Houston over Illinois. Houston oh, okay. Final four. Yeah. Okay. That's. Uh, I think that's a sharp play from a bracketeering standpoint right and uh i just had andy molitor on the show a couple segments earlier and he i think he made a good point right i think the east is where a lot of brackets are going to be won now obviously you need the champion and all of that sort of thing but if it turns out that you know illinois wins or gonzaga wins the whole thing then you know we're gonna have to get into the nitty-gritty with some of these other regions sort of right who else got in from a final four standpoint so whether it's kind of the coin tossy element with houston against you know potentially illinois um or sort of picking out of literally five six you can make a case for seven teams in uh, in the east and then just kind of hoping for the best there so yeah you just crossing your fingers at that point in the east for sure yeah so who's the champ uh, I got Houston beating Gonzaga. Whoa. Okay. So yeah, I like... went, I went a whole other direction. Um, partly again, just like based on that whole, I've seen so many brackets that are just Gonzaga, Illinois, Gonzaga, Illinois, Gonzaga, yeah. Baylor. It's like, got to differentiate myself somewhere. Yeah. And every uh, year, right? Like every year it's all, and all by and large, like people say like, oh, this year's different. Like feels really chalky. Feels like a lot of the ones, but it's like, I promise you, we say that every single year, every and then year, we're, every. you know, and then we're stunned that it's oh, there's a seven seed in here somehow. Oh, two threes and a two, and you sort of look back and you go, yeah, that wasn't all that surprising. Now that we look at it, like there's a couple yeah. of big time upsets, but like just the way this thing sort of works itself out sometimes, right? Like if, you know, whether it's Iowa, whether it's Oregon, whether it's USC, like if they happen to beat Gonzaga in the regional final, like. We'd be surprised, but yeah. like, it wouldn't be, like, insane. And then we all just sort of look back and go, like, well, I guess we all screwed this up. Yeah, all right, that makes sense, yeah. <laughs> right? And then we yeah. just kind of move on. But, uh, you know, I like that Houston pick from, you know, uh, 
like what they're like two percent i think have them winning the uh the tournament here so like yeah yeah you're you're you know as long as they're alive that you certainly have a chance to win your bracket pool and of course that's uh that's part of the fun and they were gonna be one of my teams last year that i was gonna probably take along the way because i think uh on our fake bracket that we did a year ago um, (laughs) yes they were they were two seed and i think we were i was probably gonna take them pretty far yeah the virtual bracket oh my god the old the old days um yeah yeah and listen like i think and this is a program that's been that's been really good for a long time nobody gets to see much of them they obviously don't have the cachet from turning from cinderella into a pro you know a high profile program the way that gonzaga does but it's really not all that much different um when it comes to sort of their visibility or lack thereof um all right pal that's uh that's it and the other thing about houston by the way is like i think you're pretty good to get into the sweet 16 you know and like obviously i think a lot of the ones are too but like Ohio State, I'm not convinced, makes it into the Sweet 16. Iowa, I'm not convinced, makes it into the Sweet 16. Same. Obviously, Alabama is probably going to have their hands full with UConn or even Maryland, potentially. Right. So with that Clemson-Rutgers game, like it sort of, it sort of allows you to get a little looser with Houston and at least have a better experience for the first four days of the tournament. Yeah, yeah, you get to enjoy that first. Yeah. So if something crazy happens elsewhere... You know, Baylor use it, loses to like North Carolina or like Gonzaga somehow loses to Missouri or something like that. You're still sitting back and going like, Houston's good. Houston's good. Now, I mean, obviously, I suppose it's possible they could lose to Clemson or Rutgers, but um, I don't have a ton for either of those teams necessarily. Yeah, and they're not. It's just they're not going to. So it's fine. <laughs> they're not, they're the not going to. There you go. It's the perfect bracket. You heard it here first. Everybody. Has everyone said that? Has everyone said that? Who's come on? Uh, no, I think yeah, everybody else is just more than aware that they're just desperately trying to get through the first four days without having to no. blowtorch their entire thing, which I think you Fair are enough. too. Yeah, All right, absolutely. brother. Uh, this was a pleasure as always, my friend. Thanks for joining me on absolutely. the window. Thanks, man. It feels a little weird to say that my next guest won his way on the podcast, but Matt Craig was randomly selected from listeners who volunteered to come on the show. So I guess congratulations are in order. Matt, thanks for coming on, man. No, of course. Uh, Thanks for having me. I kind of just assumed I got chosen due to the name more than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's the clubhouse scene from uh, the Simpsons, right? The no homers clubhouse scene here. Uh, there's only you're only allowed one Matt on the podcast, right? So uh, yeah, you qualify. <laughs> uh, happy to have you. Uh, let's get a quick betting background first. Um, where are you from? How long have you been betting? And what sports do you bet? Uh, yeah, so I'm from uh, Metro Detroit. I haven't been betting now too overly long. I, I mean, five, six, seven years actively. Not a ton though. Um, Dollar wise, more volume. I mean, you asked me what sure. sports, what sports I bet. I think the better question would be, what wouldn't I bet? I bet <laughs> just about everything, um, from college basketball down to tennis and golf. So I, I like a, dabble in a little bit of everything. Uh, but a little bit of hockey as well, and I think that's sort of how you found me. And of course, somehow the Red Wings have become a. Uh, maybe a favorite is pretty, you know, a bit of a stretch for the podcast, but we do find ourselves betting on the Red Wings an unnatural amount. How do you feel about that as a, uh, as a Detroit guy? Well, you know, 
growing up in the 90s and early 2000s, it's hard to imagine you were ever going to find value betting on the Red Wings. But uh, <laughs> true. here we are. And that's kind of like you said, that's yeah. why I found the podcast, because there's not a lot of NHL uh, betting podcasts in the gambling space. And to, peak, to keep my interest in the sport, I had to gamble on it because there's not much uh, excitement around the Red Wings now for a while. Yeah, absolutely. So Michigan has obviously, like many of the states in the in, in you know, south of the border, uh, newly legalized. How is that working out for you and for everybody down there? I know it can be different from a state to state basis. How is it working out in Michigan? Yeah, it's awesome. So it actually it went live. I want to say shoot a week or two weeks right before everything basically shut down. Uh, right. So the timing couldn't have been worse from that standpoint. But we have the we have the three casinos in Detroit. They all have now pretty good sports books. Um, but really, right before I think it was the championship weekend of the NFL, the mobile betting went live. So so that's been huge. I mean, just seeing all the different apps, they all offer much better uh, different odds right. boosts and whatnot to really pique your interest and get you betting on different things. Um, but yeah, definitely. no, it's 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 definitely different than it was even two three years ago. That's for sure. Yeah, that must be a breath of fresh air. Uh, so let's get into this. Um, we've got, you know, the tournament here. Fired up about it. Uh, are you a big college basketball tournament guy? Like, do you have, you know, sort of a long history of bracket contests and betting it? And do you have any sort of significant memories, uh, either good or bad, ideally good, just because that's a little bit more fun, um, you know, from games in the tournament where things either went really, really well or really went awry? Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, like I said, I'm from Metro Detroit, but being born in 89, I was way too young to, I'm a Michigan fan, but way too young to appreciate the the national title in 89 or the fab five. So I kind of gravitated towards being an Arizona basketball fan. Um, so I could talk mm. your ear off for an hour about bad beats from that standpoint. Um, <laughs> in the gambling space, I think I really, the 2001 NCAA tournament, I mean, as an Arizona fan and a young kid, I picked them to win it all every year. So that, that's the year sure. that I went to the final four championship game, lost to Duke. I think I won my uh, old man's pool at work. So that really kind of got me into the tournament. But yeah, no, I uh, like most sports fans. It's uh, it's like Christmas to us when we open, uh, when we wake up third, well, Friday morning this year. Um, yeah, so. it's like they delayed Christmas by a day on us. Right, but uh, right. we'll, have, we'll take it. Absolutely. We will take it Absolutely. this time around. All right, let's get into the bracket, man. So we're going to kind of just do a sort of a two-parter type thing here. First round upsets, and then we'll do your final four. And then depending on, you know, sort of what your final four is, we'll kind of, you know, backtrack to see how you got there. Um, so first round upsets, uh, you know, feel free to start along the left side, top left. Yeah. Um, you know, what are the double-digit seeds you like? Well, stop me if you've heard this before, but does any, anybody <laughs> know this week like Ohio or UC Santa Barbara? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we have a few of those right, Creighton, right. it's like they've never played basketball before right no i mean ohio um i like ohio like everybody else i think that's a lot it seems based around just the uncertainty of virginia because nobody knows right i mean ohio yeah. really is one of the worst defensive teams in the field so more times than not it's really not a good upset pick at all um, <laughs> right. If I kind of scroll down to the to the bottom left there, nothing sure. really crazy. I know my brother will be upset if I don't say Georgetown. He loves Georgetown. But, okay. I mean, I have a hard time backing a team that this time last week was an underdog to Marquette. Um, <laughs> right. So I, I guess yeah. if I won, like, truly big, big upset, I think, in the entire field, I, I think I'm going to take a stab at Colgate. Uh, okay. Re- reason being is – 
what's Colgate played five, six teams. So we really don't know right. hardly anything about them. Uh, it's yeah. an extremely high total. It might be the highest one of the first round eight, nine point spread. It seems like a, like a high variance kind of game. Like Arkansas mm-hmm. could win this thing by 30 gold. Colgate could win it by 10. Who really knows? Yeah. And, and I like, um, and I, the way I kind of do my bracket is in the second round, I like Texas Tech, I think, to beat either team. So I kind of go off of why not take a stab at that upset in the, the 3 4 Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, outside of that, I don't have anything huge. I, I've heard people mention I don't really hate the idea of uh, North Texas. Um, mm-hmm. Down in the bottom right, I like Syracuse. It kind of just feels like one of those tournaments where we wake up the morning after the Sweet 16 set and we're like, here we are again, Syracuse. Syracuse mm-hmm. shouldn't have been in the field, and now they're in the Sweet 16. Um, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, the big one is Colgate. I don't think I have anything too crazy outside of that, to be honest. Okay. So let's skip ahead then. Um, you know, let's go to the final four here. Uh, earlier on on this show, um, you know, my first guest uh, threw out a St. Bonaventure in the final four, like um, which is the, which is the spiciest one we've had so far. So uh, I don't expect you to quote unquote top that necessarily. Uh, but what do you got for the final? Yeah, one? no, I'm pretty chalky. I, I, as much as I'd love to, to pick somebody against Gonzaga, I, have we ever really seen a one seed that's already played the two, three and four in their region? I don't, I can't remember. Yeah, I don't think so. Um, and I'd love to when we talk upsets, not first round. I, I wish I, I, I don't have it in me to, to pick it but it, and it's been a long while since they've done so but Missouri earlier this year has beaten Alabama Arkansas and Illinois so they could I yeah. mean they've shown they can beat the top team but I it's been months so so I'm talking there I, yeah I gotta tell you um I have this you know sometimes you know listen you know you try to go by numbers and you try to go by value and you try to do this and that and all of that sort of thing and I don't know if it's because I've sort of been hard on Missouri this year uh, a fair amount or what, but I got a weird feeling about Missouri because that's a really long team, yep. you know, really athletic-y team that, you know, it's sort of, you know, whatever to say, oh, Gonzaga, like, you know, the athleticism that they, you know, face on a regular basis in the West Coast Conference isn't exactly there. Some of these matchups that they've already played, right, not the most necessarily athletic teams either right when you come to iowa and virginia right the teams that they've built their resume on this season are you know good basketball teams good programs but one not the best version of that basketball team and two not the most athletic of basketball teams and we've already got a covid positive test here on oklahoma otherwise i'd be way more into them in this eight nine game so it starts to feel like okay maybe it's missouri in that game and, and you throw a lot of bodies in the interior against Gonzaga. And I mean, that might be a look for at least a point spread type bet, but man, yeah. For somebody to sort of go out on that limb for their bracket would be pretty yeah, wild. I so I, I don't, I don't right, blame and I mean, well, if there's one thing we know about the tournament, ex- expect the unexpected. It's as I could sit here and put Gonzaga all the way through, but that just seems too easy. It's never that easy. Right. <laughs> I, I think it's been, I thought <laughs> right, you it's been think five so. or six tournaments, I think since even the number one overall seeds made the final four, if I heard that correctly. So you never know. Sure. I don't see it now, but so I, I got Gonzaga up there um, down in the bottom. Okay. Left. I, it's a Homer in me, but I won't be able to live it down if I don't take Michigan. Um, so okay. I'm gonna go. Gonzaga. Well, you getting a little value yeah. there, right? Like it's that it's they they drew the the short straw as as you know the the um you know the carousel stopped 
and or you know we sort of talk about you know uh, uh, musical chairs, right? And it's like the the season ended, and they were the team that you know people didn't like anymore. Yep. Whereas like if the season had gone a couple more weeks, maybe they would have earned everybody's trust again. So everybody has them going out some point early on here. So I think you might be getting a little value kind of taking that as a one. Right, for sure. And I, I just don't trust anybody in the top half of the bracket. Florida State is kind of Florida State. I mean, I got a sour taste mm-hmm. in my mouth from the Notre Dame game to end the year. Um, and I, I can't trust them. So if if I flip over now to the other side of the bracket, I, I, I hate this side in each each region kind of for a different reason. Cause, so I'm, I'm, sure. in the Midwest, I'm going to take Houston. Uh, but if you were to ask me okay. kind of before the tournament, before seeing the bracket, I would have loved to have Houston, Oklahoma State, and Illinois all in my Final Four. And, yeah, and now they're all in the same region. As you probably right, know. Right. So like, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I was like, I'll go Houston just because top half of the bracket, Illinois and Oklahoma State, I, I think they're going to play each other. I think it'll be a heck of a game. That's kind of an Elite Eight Final Four game to me, but we're going to get it early, hopefully. Um, and then mm-hmm. kind of the bottom right, I hate this bracket because I don't like any of these teams. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'll settle on Baylor and just be like you said, like you mentioned it with Michigan two, three weeks ago before the, the pause, I think everybody would sure. have Gonzaga Baylor. So I can't trust Ohio state down there. They don't play much defense. And then, so I just, I kind of backed my way into Baylor on that one. So three ones and a two, I'm, I'm not out on much of a limb for the final four for sure. Sure. So who's winning the whole thing then? You know, if I had to, Pick the winner, I'd tell you Gonzaga. But if if you're gonna go, mm-hmm. I, I'm if for the sake of being a little different in a pool, I think I would take a run at Houston just to kind of di- differentiate. Okay. In, in a large pool, I mean, you've talked yeah. about it. If you got Gonzaga, you got to be perfect everywhere else. So I would take a run at, at Houston, maybe Houston over Gonzaga. Yeah, and that's sort of a different way to sort of go about differentiating yourself there, right? Because, yeah, on the surface, three ones and a two. But if your two is the one that not many people, certainly that don't follow college basketball, you know, they don't know that much about. And if you're going to take them to win, you know, listen, you get there with your final four, maybe three out of the four. And as long as you have Houston, you still have a really good chance because they're, of course, going to be undertaken in uh, in their bracket uh, tournament so we'll get you out of here on this uh socially speaking from march madness like you know what traditions do you have are you sort of the leave me alone type of a guy for the entire right. tournament or are you uh, squeezing in some social so, I, i've done a little bit of everything i've been lucky enough to do the las vegas thing uh actually i did nice. south point i don't know if you've heard of it it's off the strip i reckon that to yep. more. it's not quite as busy as the strip so i've done that and i've, I've been lucky enough fortunate enough to I've attended some first rounds. I lived in Milwaukee for a while, so I went to the one there. I've been to Indy, Detroit. Um, now that I'm married with the baby, it'll be uh, sit in front of the TV Friday, and I'll I'll be back out, you know, Tuesday. Uh, so, so not not okay. really a tradition standpoint. I don't mind going out, but <laughs> right. I, I've done a little bit of everything when it comes to the tournament. Just looking forward to uh, watching a lot of basketball this weekend, mining away for some winners. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Who knew Tuesday would be a would be a day to uh, to get out and watch some basketball? But here we are. Listen, I, I appreciate you listening to the show, man, and getting involved with uh, with this. A really fun week for me. Uh, everybody, you can find Matt at twenty MC twenty on Twitter uh, if you want to give him a follow. Thanks for ha- hanging out with us, man. That's, of course, uh, of course. Thanks appreciate for having it. me. Appreciate it. Keep up the the work. I love it. All right, that's a wrap. Thanks to all my guests, Arash Madani, Andy Molitor, Ashish Barty, Brandon Lefebvre, Matt Craig, 
Everybody was having a great time. Uh, I hope you are too. And this was fun for me this week. We get into tomorrow where it's my bracket, my bets. We're going to have a little round robin money line parlay to get into the mix. Talk about survivor picks and strategy for you know the first couple of rounds here uh back saturday morning is the plan saturday morning sunday morning sort of express versions of the podcast you know same thing with monday because remember games are going on on monday so same deal there and then back on tuesday to recap everything and start it all up again for the following week so again hope everybody enjoyed this uh it was a great time for me Don't forget about the promo code window at coolbet.com, a link in the profile. As usual, subscribe, rate, and review, and share the podcast. Follow me on Twitter at mrossauthentic. And until tomorrow, I'll see you at the window.